0: Hi, and welcome to Hypnotize Me, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Liz. Today's interview is with my good friend, Dr. Lori Beecham, who we've known each other for a couple of years, and we recorded it in the lofts in my house and just had a really fun time talking about the rapid resolution technique. She actually talks about several hypnosis experiences that she had, and she has a unique perspective because she was first client of hypnosis, like had it done several times, and then decided to study the rapid resolution technique and become trained in it herself. She does a lot of acupuncture for fertility slash infertility for women, and she's a women's specialist and just begin to believe that this technique was an integral part of their treatment and their ability to get pregnant. So she decided to get trained so that she could offer it To her client, so she gives a little bit more of the history of the technique and some of the background of it, more so than we heard in last week's episode, I would say, and the way she explains it it just makes it very clear. So I think you will enjoy the whole interview. Before we jump in, I have to let you know that my daughter, after a four-year campaign, somehow convinced me to get button quail button quail are like the tiniest birds. I don't know how she convinces me to do these things. She's the one that originally convinced me to get the dog. That took more like 12 years. But, um, (laughs) you know, sometimes as parents, we have like these small moments of insanity, I call them, where like a week later, you're like, why did I do that? You know, but then you're like, well, they're not so bad, that dog or those birds or, you know, whatever it is, right? Anyway, you may hear them scratching in the background sometimes, or they're like tiny little chirping. They're actually very, very quiet birds, but they are birds. I'll try to edit a lot of that out, but I wanted to give you the heads up on that one. Okay, let's jump into the interview. Okay, so welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. And I'm going to start off with the question that I ask most people. What was your first experience with hypnosis? My first
1: experience with hypnosis was uh, I wasn't sleeping well um, post. I was mugged and I just looked it up on Google and tried it and immediately fell in love with hypnosis.
0: Oh, so it worked for you then? It did. Like you bought a download?
1: Well, I, well, I'll say I didn't think it worked. I was like, I don't know if that worked. I mean, I feel relaxed, Uh (laughs) but I think she just stole my money. And then for the rest of the day, everyone's like, wow, you seem so much lighter. You seem different. And I really did sleep better after that. It was really
0: interesting. And it was just a random site that you found? Yes. Interesting. Through Google. Through Google. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. And you'd put it on at night? Like you would put it on before you go to sleep. Basically. I went to, se-
1: I went to sessions. I went to actual hypnotherapy sessions.
0: Oh, it wasn't a download. It was not a download. Oh, so you went to hypnotherapy sessions for insomnia? Yes. Got it. How many? Two. Two. Yes. Okay. And then did she send you home with the recording or no? No.
1: I wish you would have told me this ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that was really helpful. <laughs> To have that around. She did not give me that option. Right. But now I'm more educated. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Some therapists do. Do recordings. Some therapists don't. But generally for insomnia, I almost always, like 100%, <laughs> because it's insomnia. You know, like they can right. listen to it as they fall asleep. Like right. That's the whole point.
1: I was pretty naive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now I know. So thank you. But then it did work anyway. It did. It did. And it kind of casually casually crept up on me because I was Quite sure she didn't do anything to me, uh-huh. but but charge me money. But it really did work; it, it reduced anxiety greatly.
0: Ah, i okay. better sleep. Good. So it wasn't just insomnia; it was really the anxiety you're talking about, like post traumatic stress. Yeah, to be really accurate post traumatic yeah. stress
1: from a from a crime.
0: So she was working on that. Yes. To reduce some of the anxieties so that you could sleep Foss better the night. Correct. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. And it was only two sessions. Yes. Okay. Was it the rapid no. resolution? It wasn't just a general? Just a general. Okay. I, to finish that sentence, the rapid uh, trauma resolution technique, which we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes here. So it was just a regular like hypnotherapist that you found. and Yes. Okay. Yes. And how long was the session? Was it like 60 minutes? I believe it was an hour or an hour and a half. Hour I think half. it was
1: an hour. But now that you're reminding me, I did, I think... Two years later, go see a rapid resolution trauma therapist. And uh-huh. that, was a, that was a different experience. And that was, I think, like two hours.
0: Two hours? Wow. It's yes. mm-hmm. a long session. Yes. Okay. It was. But it goes by fast because you're <laughs> in well, hypnosis. Well, yeah. Right. right. No, yeah, you're right. For the person getting hypnosis, it's, it feels like five minutes, sometimes 10 minutes. Yes. Well, five it, minutes per hour. I call, I call it <laughs> no. meditation
1: for lazy people because I love to meditate, but it takes so long to get me there. But if I just yes. go get hypnosis, I'm
0: down for the count. It's uh-huh. great. Yeah, true. It's, it's very nice like that. People go right out. Exactly. Yeah. What did you go in for that time then? I think I was having um, anxiety
1: for a different cause. If I remember correctly, I was just kind of stuck in life and having some anxiety. I think it was work related, just work related anxiety uh-huh. about what to do next and how to move forward. And I felt paralyzed. That's how I described it to the rapid resolution woman. Mm-hmm. Is that um, I felt paralyzed by life and I had this anxiety and I didn't know what to do with it.
0: Okay. And then she did the rapid resolution technique sure. for you. She did, yes. And that was two sessions? One. One session. Yes. Two hours. Yes. Okay. And did you feel like it worked? She was amazing. Ah, she was amazing. Uh huh. Yes. And
1: you found her through Google as well. Uh, She came into our office. Um, Uh, I was working looking to rent space, so I just kind of met her casually. Uh huh. um, And I liked her right away, and uh, found her credible. And then I had spoken to a few people that had worked with her, and she said she was amazing. They didn't think she was just doing hypnotherapy; they thought she was like a psychic or magic or something. So uh the
0: feedback was amazing. So I was like, oh, well, why not? Yeah. That's often how people feel about hypnotherapists. Like, really. (laughs) (laughs) They're It's I don't want to sound narcissistic here because I'm totally not. But they they often (laughs) feel that way. Like, somehow this is beyond just a technique, quote-unquote. Like, it creates change in life that feels like, how did you do that? How did I resolve that? Like, it feels like magic to them. It feels like magic right. as a practitioner often as well. Like something, I've said this before on the podcast, like something, like I'm just a vessel for something. I don't even right. know what it is, you know? But, You're like,
1: oh gosh, that worked? Wow. Yeah, right. yeah. sometimes right. I'm like,
0: this is a miracle. It feels like a miracle to me too. And I understand some of the neuroscience behind it and all of that, right. but there's an element to it that feels even beyond that to me.
1: Well, I think that was the difference between when I saw the quote-unquote regular hypnotherapist, because I'm not sure of the proper title, mm-hmm. versus the rapid resolution therapist. Um, the first time I left making, you know, I don't know if she did anything. Like mm-hmm. really, I mean, other people noticed, but I didn't really notice. And when I went to the, um, the specialist that handed, handled the rapid resolution, I was like, wow, something happened in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, not knowing how it worked at that time, I just thought she was magic. (laughs) 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 Now i studied it a little bit more and know, oh, there's a method there. She she wasn't making that up. But it was pretty amazing. Um, I felt almost like, I was like, is this energy medicine? Is this Reiki? What is she doing? It was a completely
0: different experience. Mm -hmm. So then you had that. How long was it between that and you decided to get trained in it yourself? I'm going to say a year and a half, approximately. Okay yeah Um, and why did you decide to get trained like did you keep looking at it like wondering what she did or what's it i
1: did because because it was fascinating kind of a mystery and then to be quite honest then i thought there was a local training you know having to drive 30 35 minutes to a training as opposed to flying across the country made it seem more desirable The truth to it is i wanted to understand what she did and then for my own For my own, I wanted to help other people. So what was happening Mm -hmm. is I was trying to send everybody to her. Oh, Mm -hmm. you have to go see this woman. You have to go see this woman. You have to go see this woman. Here's her card. And people weren't going. I thought, well, what if I just get trained? And if I want to do something different with my life, maybe I can do it. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to understand better. And then to keep it as like, you know, what am I going to do in retirement? Needlepoint or (laughs) hypnotherapy? (laughs) I'd keep my options open. (laughs) Or both. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time. Yeah. Because my conscious can do one of this, my conscious yeah. We'll, up, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Who knows what I'll needle point? Yeah, totally. Like oh, there's some pretty cool needle point these days, right? <laughs> Who knows what'll come out of that gray matter?
0: Yeah. I'm never, wow, it'd be a whole club, right? <laughs> so, what were women? What women were you, you sending? What people were you sending? Because, like I said at the in your introduction, like you're. Uh, Traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncturists. Mm-hmm. So were they coming into you for fertility? I know you're an infertility slash fertility specialist. Yes. Or were they coming in for just various things and you're like, you have to go see this person?
1: Well, yeah, I'm a doctor of oriental medicine, technically. And okay. then yeah. uh, <laughs> <no problem. laughs> um, with my I did my fellowship in um, infertility they call it, um, in reproductive medicine. And what I'm finding is the longer that I've done this, the the less black and white it appears, the less defined it appears. It just gets more and more ambiguous as time goes on. And I realized that, you know, there's so many things we can do for women scientifically. There's like a, a list of instructions we can give you. There's a dietary advice, there's lifestyle advice. I can do all of that. But when you step out of my office, I can't tell you to relax or get your body to slow down or to, to just receive what just happened. So you might come to see me once or twice a week, but those other five days, when you're in complete panic mode and stressed about the process mm-hmm. or the lack of the progress or process, you know, I have no control over that. And I was hoping to kind of compensate for those five days I wasn't there mm-hmm. and help this carry them
0: through. Okay, so it was like a complimentary. It was, it was. Felt like. I feel
1: like something was missing. I'm like, you know, you've done everything right for all these months. Here we go, and now you're going to have a panic attack. Let's just stop this. Let's stop the panic attack. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that was my goal. So,
0: was it effective for the the women who did go in? Yes, it was. Okay, it was. so then they were able to. If, well, I don't even know what the word effective means here. Like less anxiety, less panic, or. They That's, ended up getting pregnant like it was a compliment to the acupuncture or what? I mean, I
1: think how you how different people describe it is about perception. And the way I perceive it is just I'm just trying to, yes, we're reducing anxiety, reducing stress, putting you into a more meditative state. But I like to believe I'm just giving them a sense of self-empowerment. Mm-hmm. So when they, they step out of the office, they're like, no, no, she's right or I'm right or the brain – like. I have done everything right. This, mm-hmm. this could actually go really well, I'm okay, and get out of that, that state of mind where they're just stuck in this fear mode because it's really no longer benefiting them. Mm-hmm. The fear they had that got them into the office or to a doctor or on medications or on herbs or whatever it took, you know, they've done all that. The whole fear that was there to make them take action mm-hmm. it should not even be there anymore, Like dismiss that. All you have to do is show up now. And so removing that fear was the goal.
0: Ah, so you just have to show up and like be present for the baby right. that's coming. Like basically. right. Like
1: they, for example, if a woman's done everything she possibly can mm-hmm. to conceive and all she has to do is show up at the office tomorrow morning at eight o'clock, why are you panicking now? You've done everything. You should be on autopilot. Like mm-hmm. you've done everything the doctor said everything we said everything you thought you could do we just have to change kind of the mindset for lack of a better word mm-hmm. so now is not the time to panic now is not the time to be afraid you being afraid a year prior which made you go in for any kind of imaging or lab work you know it made you take action mm-hmm. so, so get rid of it it's not going to do you or the baby any good now stop mm-hmm. it so
0: so then the rapid trauma resolution technique helped release that to where they could yes. just release it yes Interesting. It's just not necessary at that point to be afraid.
1: Uh huh. You're afraid it's not going to work. It's just not. It's not. Ben- it's not beneficial to you, the baby, or anybody. At that point, it is or it isn't. So let's just be happy and assume that it is.
0: Yeah, that is really difficult. For it, is. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Yeah. We just get stuck in this. Yeah. Pattern. To release those old patterns. Right. So that is one of the primary goals of the technique is to release the old patterns. Exactly. Okay. Once you got trained in it, did you feel like, okay, now I have the tools to help people? Like, did you feel like it was less magic or there was still some? Oh, no. It's still magic. And there's still so much.
1: Every time I think, oh, I've got this figured out. I can write a book now. I'm like, oh, there's a new chapter. (laughs) Shocks. Right? right? Like, yeah. Um, No, I think the human mind is still like the, an abyss. It's like the ocean or space. Like we still don't really even understand how it works. And we want to think we do, but uh-huh. we don't. I know, I don't think I, I mean, I learned the method and I read the science part of the textbook, so I get it. But to me, there's this huge, vast, invisible space of like, wow, this this really works, uh-huh. you know? And I think it's because um, we can't see what it's doing. Oh. So it takes longer It takes longer to trust, you know? And I, I try to compare it to a cell phone. I can't really tell you why my cell phone works but i know uh-huh. it does i use it every day all day but it works <laughs> right True. i can't yes. see the waves going off a tower bouncing pinging uh-huh. but it works and so the same thing with this it just it works uh-huh. so because i think because i personally can't visualize it and a lot of people cannot that's where the whole magic comes in
0: mm-hmm. yeah tell me what this technique like what can it be used for you know, it's not just for panic. I
1: think it's most commonly used for um, victims of any kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, um, the gentleman, that the doctor that invented it, was using it for, for sexual trauma. Quite often, physical abuse, drug abuse. Seeing in my own practice a deficit and seeing people that actually are going through a trauma Mm -hmm. Um, even if they don't want to actually call it that. And they might not realize it's that until years later. It's a trauma to be told you can't conceive when you think it's just a basic human right. So it's not commonly used for that. That's Mm -hmm. what I was reaching out for. But it's used for for all sorts of things and people that lose a loved one that can't quite get, you know, whenever you're just stuck, Mm -hmm. if you're just stuck and you can't quite get past something, if you want to get past it, this is a way to, I think, kind of biophysically get past it. Hmm. So there's the whole, you know, you're holding it somewhere, this pattern in your brain and moving it to another part of the brain so you can just go function again. And that's kind of like how I scaled it down to my own personal practice of, okay, you've done everything, let's scale it back, and let's just go forward and not get stuck on this fear pattern when it's not serving you.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: I think that the the doctor that I devised it had the same thing. You were If something traumatic happened to you, at 19 and it was horrible um let's acknowledge it but does it have like that was really you at 19 it's not you at 29 or 39 or 49 so when we carry Mm -hmm. that with us why is it is it helping you to still carry i mean to carry is it helping you no you know you can actually carry that fear onto your offspring Mm -hmm. so having that fear within you is it going to help your offspring like that trauma that tragedy like And it doesn't make you forget anything. It just makes you not live as if it's in the present. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, Yeah, it
0: does. Yeah. Well, I know trauma often comes up during parenthood, and parents worry about that. How is this going to affect my kids? And it'll often get um, re-triggered when they become parents. They can even push it away for many, many, many years, but then, particularly for women, birth. Breastfeeding, a lot of that will bring up any kind of sexual trauma they had. And it does make sense to me. Let's see how we can shift this around so that it's not a daily fear, worry. It's not a daily presence in your life. Like I did another interview. I'm not quite sure which one is going to air first, this one or that one. Okay, okay. <laughs> but um, where he said it was two sessions and... It was gone. He was working with sexual trauma victims, measuring pre test post test on um, depression, anxiety, and everything, and it did really release, so that does make sense to me.
1: Well, it it does, and some people get afraid when you talk about it, like they, they don't want to forget because they don't want to become vulnerable or they don't want to just dismiss that from their lives, but mm-hmm. how he explained it was, like, he uses animals as a reference because we actually are animals, and if this was already said, forgive me, but, um, if a bunch of zebra are running away from this lion and the lion doesn't get the zebra or, or it kills his friend and eats this friend and you know the one zebra your are one zebra less mm-hmm. and if you go up to that zebra an hour later and be like oh my gosh i'm so sorry your friend the zebra died he's gonna be like what i'm just here eating grass there's no lions around i'm I'm okay like as an animal he's not part of the brain he's let it go and he's back into the present uh-huh. and he's eating grass he's drinking water and He still knows if there's a lion coming, he's going to run, but he's not going to spend the next seven years of a zebra life in a state of malaise and fatigue Mm -hmm. and depression and not eating and weeping because his friend has passed. So we as human beings were like partially evolved, like we've gone past that. We do, Mm -hmm. you know, grieve and celebrate and do things in remembrance, but um, to relive the trauma as if it's now, that part of our brain is still there. We don't need to be doing that. Mm. So, for example, when I had it, when I received my therapy for it, either time, like the, the time that I was mugged, you know, I was having stress about one o'clock in the morning. I would wake up with kind of in a panic because that's kind of between 12 and 1 is when I was mugged. Mm-hmm. And I was waking up in a panic. Well, my attacker was no longer here. It's, you know, one or right. two years later. Yeah. So it's not like I. Don't walk, look over my shoulder. I'm not more careful walking, you know, locking doors mm-hmm. and going out. I'm still cautious, but I don't have to wake up at 1 o'clock anymore afraid that someone's punching me because mm-hmm. they're not. But my body was still thinking, oh, my God, it's 1 o'clock. You better protect yourself. Your adrenaline is right. shooting up, and you better fight back. Yeah. And it wasn't serving me any longer.
0: Uh-huh. So it released that fascinating. Isn't it? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
1: yes. I mean, now it's just normal, but it was fascinating back then.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. so I know that there is some literature that says you do have to relive that trauma, and that is how you resolve it. And I'm wondering, like this technique sort of breaks a lot of those boundaries, because if you talk to, let's say, a more quote-unquote traditional trauma therapist, I mean, sometimes you're talking about years of work there. Yes or at least like months and months of work versus you're saying this can happen in a couple of sessions.
1: Yes, it can um, for most people. And what I've learned from the, from the doctor that it kind of invented this technique, Dr. Connolly, was that because he was trained as a traditional therapist and it was his job almost to like make people relive it. Because I think if you relive it, you relive it, you relive it. Then you can work through it somehow. If you cry some more, you can get through mm-hmm. it somehow. But really, we have to look at why is that working? Why would that even work? Like he's kind of questioning. He's pushing boundaries. He's I call it almost like a pioneer. Why relive it? Why not kind of reprogram the mind? Mm-hmm. So again, you're addressing it was there, but it's no longer. You don't have to relive it. It's done. It's the past. It's not in the now, like Eckhart Tolle would say. Like be in the now. It's not in the now. So don't mm-hmm. keep it in the active part of the mind. Push it to the inactive part of the mind. So he says, don't relive it. Don't endure. Don't cause your patients, you know, more pain. Where every time they come in, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry with this woman for the next 60 minutes again? Uh I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't (laughs) feel good sometimes. But, you know, why relive this? And I think they even do it in the military. But they make them relive these things over and over again. And why? Okay, so you were raped or mugged or beat up. That's really Horrific. But is that you now and what he's saying it's it's not you now that was something that happened then mm-hmm. and again did you learn something from it Did you gains i mean there's something but you don't carry it with you like a handbag right now mm-hmm. you don't have to relive it every day or every night or the rest of your life
0: mm-hmm. you
1: don't have to carry it with you like
0: an accessory and so that's how he came up with some of this. It's like, how do we shift this so people don't have to live in, live it every day? No,
1: you don't have to relive it. You, if you really want to go
0: forward in life, you don't have to reenact it,
1: relive it. You don't really have to feel through the pain. You could just, and I can't, this is really paraphrasing him, but just um, there's the pain, let's let it go. Like seriously, mm-hmm. let it go, push it behind you. Mm-hmm. So for me, what happened like in 2011 2011, done, it, okay, but I'm not being mugged now. Mm-hmm. I'm not, so I don't have to carry it with me
0: now. Okay, gotcha. And that is that is difficult for people. I mean, I, I know having been through some trauma myself, it's like right after it, you do relive it in your mind. It feels uncontrollable, actually. It's like it's there and you don't even want it there, but it's over and over and over. And so the experience of that after this technique is that that doesn't happen well we're still evolving as human beings
1: Mm -hmm. so why are we doing this since we're still quite part animal we're Mm -hmm. still reliving that and we're kind of partially evolved into humans so why are we reliving it why are we holding on to the grief or sadness it is really interesting because yeah the zebra's not reliving it but like why are we reliving it why are we any kind of grief or trauma like and some people have a hard time letting go of that yeah, but if you really want to let go of that, you know, then you can, you will, uh-huh. to move forward. Because we just weren't, you know, we're just not designed to. Why does it, why live a tortured life? Yeah, I mean, really, why live a tortured life? And it's it's like I say, some people have a hard time because they're like, this really bad thing happened to me. It becomes and,
0: part of their identity, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Why Why should something that happened to to us in 2006 affect us in 2026? Mm -hmm. Like, it's always going to be there, but why does it have to be so um, omnipresent?
0: One of the questions I have, though, is, all right, so it it stops that reliving piece, really Mm -hmm. that post-traumatic stress piece of the reliving and, let's say, the hypervigilance and all of that, right? But we also know that traumas do particularly in childhood and those types of traumas they can affect someone the rest of their life like let's say trust is harder for them to develop or someone who really feels like their um, self-worth is lower or the shame spiral starts and you know that type of thing that survivors do describe so does it work on that level as well like that sort of daily life level it's not the hyper vigilance level it's not someone who's reliving it all the time but they still carry these pieces of it with them
1: well one of my favorite things about his training and how he practices as a, pro- as a professional and kind of trained us is he likes to ask the question is that true so say mm-hmm. something really horrible happened to you mm-hmm. um, I mean quite often like sexual trauma you were raped and something really horrible happened to you and you think I'm a horrible person How will be like but is that true? Or you might say, but I'm a dirty person. Well, is that a true statement? Are you dirty?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he really makes you look at some truths. And so sometimes he works on the language, too. The language mm. in which we speak to ourselves uh-huh. is quite often full of mistruths. So when he can get you into that different state of mind, and he's already talked about the things that we're, how we're, we're self-talking to ourselves uh-huh. with a bunch of mistruths, he can get you to that um, that kind of, for lack of a better word, that subconscious hypnosis state of mind. Are these really truths? Are you really a bad person are you
0: really horrible mm-hmm. um it sounds like katie byron's work have you ever i have not <laughs> you have not but okay it's, it's, katie byron has like these four questions that you ask but it really centers on right. is that really true
1: like because we talk to ourselves with things like oh right. i'm a bad person or or so-and-so is going to hate me And I'm like is so-and-so really going to hate you blah, 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 blah. Well, I don't know. So mm-hmm. we actually, we don't know if someone else hate you. Would you hate you? Like, he kind of talks you through it. Mm-hmm. But because you're in a, you know, a more, I think, open, I do not say altered, but a more open mindset, how much truth is it to all of our fears? Our fears are quite often full of untruth.
0: Yes, right, true, right, right. I have a good friend who says, if you want tickets to a horror show... Just free tickets to a horror <laughs> show. Uh-huh. Just start thinking about the future. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> and they never come true. Like, you know, you know, I, hardly I, ever.
1: Why would maybe. I panic at 1 o'clock in the morning when I'm in lockdown in my house, double locked in a high-rise <laughs> right. at 12.48 a.m. because I'm going to get mugged? Like, I mean, is someone scaling the side of the building? That <laughs> post-traumatic stress and anxiety and probably shoot shot I my cortisol levels probably shoot up right then yes why was that necessary i am in complete lockdown Uh but it's still there when you need it so if i'm walking in a dark alley followed by six people with knives i can still be afraid it's like i'm not going to react but it's i'll react appropriately not inappropriately at the right time frame and that's what tends to happen with the human mind
0: yes and that is the part of our mind that has evolved and Plans and tries to protect us and builds large buildings and all kinds of stuff, but it's also the part that's not so useful when something like this happens.
1: Right. So that's kind of the whole foundation of his rapid resolution therapy. And then, like I say, on a small scale, that's when I see women for fertility, they're Mm -hmm. terrified they're not going to get pregnant. Well, why wouldn't you? You just did this and this and this and this and this and this and Mm -hmm. this. Why are you? Why are you so stuck in this terror now? The terror should be done. You've done everything right, and we can do that with anything. We can, I think once you even took his course, you just start looking the whole world a little bit differently, the different colored lenses. You're like, oh, is that a truth? You're, I mean, I always say you're right. I tell everyone, you're being dramatic. Are you really starving to death? Uh huh. People say, Oh, I'm starving. Well, is that a truth? Are we really starving? You can change your language a little (laughs) bit. I don't think you're starving. I think we're hungry, and that's the word we should probably use. (laughs) You know? Like, (laughs) I've used that one recently. Like, is that a truth? Is it a truthful statement? Are you starving?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, we're just hungry. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, some people may really be starving, but. Right. But. but. Not as you are talking (laughs) about this conversation, and chances are. You know, now most people have a smartphone and are listening to the podcast, right? They're probably not starving. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, how often do we lie to ourselves? Are we really in danger right now? Or not in danger? Then let's save that, that body's mechanism for when we actually are in danger and might actually need it. Let's not waste that energy and day to day living. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. So this technique helps would help me do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Actually, when we turn this off, we're going to do this to you right now. <laughs>
0: okay, awesome. Then I can do like a solo episode. On it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're coming to the end of our time. I want to thank you for being here. Thank you. You know, we always have fun talking and <laughs> laughing about this stuff. And it was really interesting to learn more about this technique because, you know, I haven't really asked you some of the questions I had about it. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I can't wait to talk about it even more. Oh, before we go, <laughs> you're gonna punch me. I guess no, I need a session. My hand raised. I was like, oh, my hands go up.
0: My kids make fun of me all the time. Are you Italian? I had no idea. No, you know, right now, Mia will like imitate me uh-huh. with like my little hand gestures and yeah. head head stuff. I really stuff. Didn't think you're country.
1: Yeah. I thought there was like quite like. Anyway, I have a, a YouTube.
0: A I, <laughs> I have a YouTube channel. If you want to go see my hand gestures. But, <laughs> My hands went up, right. Oh, Lori. Yes. <laughs> how do people find you if they are interested in acupuncture services, rapid resolution therapy? Like, how do they find you? Well, the easiest way is is the, my website, um, www.
1: DrLoriWithTwoRs. Com, um, or on Facebook. So,
0: so L-O-R-R-I- W-W
1: D- <laughs> D- Dr. Lori com. Okay. Two R's because my mother thought I was going to be Lorraine. <laughs>
0: Lorraine. Thanks,
1: Barb. <for>, yes. <laughs> right. Or on Facebook, of course.
0: Okay. So they right. can find you through your website, uh-huh. and I'll put that website on the show notes. Thank you. And they should just contact you. I know you travel a lot, so yep. they should just see where you are
1: yep. at and the time. If, and if
0: they're a good candidate, we
1: can do a phone consult and see if, the, if this is an appropriate fit for them. Okay. What would be an appropriate
0: fit right here at the end? Like, what would be an inappropriate fit? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that would be easier. (laughs) Which one's easier? You know, I can't even say that because I
1: used to say, you know, if you're not ready, don't come to me. But the truth is, are we ever ready? So I think even I probably shouldn't have said that because the truth is is, is it's just – I think after a brief consult, most people they really are kind of ready. Very rarely do I find people anymore that aren't really ready for change. I think it's humanity's changing. We're all ready to improve. Mm -hmm. With the presence of the Internet and the globalization, we're all ready for better. So I don't know if there is an inappropriate. But if you're inappropriate, if it's not going to help you or benefit you and only drain you on some level, then we'll find you the right kind of person that can help you. Okay,
0: wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. You enjoyed that interview with Dr. Lori as much as I did. You can tell I really had fun with it. You know, the even that piece at the end around are people ready for change I found fascinating. Definitely the zebra stuff, yes. Being in lockdown in your house when 1 a.m. I totally get that. And then you're like, yeah, actually Why am I terrified here? And let's retrain the brain and move that memory back somewhere else so it doesn't have to dominate your experience of life anymore. That I found fascinating. But back to my original thought, I also really loved the ending piece. You know, it's fascinating to say, are you ready for change? And once you make that call, are you ready for change? And it really does vary for people, but most people are ready for change at some level when they're calling someone for help, absolutely. I know I offer a free consultation in my practice to see if we're a good fit. And for me, that's where like, I wanna make sure that I have the training to be able to help you with whatever you're dealing with. Most of the times it is a good fit because people do so much research ahead of time on the internet these days, but occasionally it's like, no, I, I really need to refer you to someone who I feel like is more of a specialist in this area than I am. It's a little bit different for therapy versus hypnosis, but even with hypnosis, occasionally it's like, I don't really have the training to do that piece. So I know someone who does though. Generally, I can find someone for somebody. I also want to point out that I said Katie Byron during the interview, and it's actually Byron Katie. I always get her name backwards. So if you go to the show notes on the website, the link to her work is there. It's really valuable stuff, and it may resonate with some of you. All right, I'm going to wrap it up for this week, people. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Peace. If you like this episode, do me a favor and rate, review, and subscribe on whatever player you like, or even better, tell a friend so that more and more people learn about hypnosis and how it can be helpful for them. If you want to know more about me, head over to drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. You can see the downloads and see if there's one that's helpful for your life. Or you could also join the newsletter and get a couple of free files as well as lots of good content. I've written a newsletter for well over 10 years. Go ahead and subscribe and join the rest of the world. All right, people. Have a wonderful week.